I'm Joel Parker, and we have Chip Granditz. This is How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show. Today is Tuesday, October 13th, 2020. Coming up, we hear from medical doctor and Atlantic Monthly staff writer James Hamblin about his new book, Clean, the New Science of Skin. So good morning, everyone, and I do have Chip here in the cabaret room. Welcome, Chip. How are you this morning? I am doing fine, Joel. How are you? <laughs> fine. Thank you. So welcome to the KGNU Fun Drive here and the How on Earth show where we bring to you science from all angles. And and that is your community radio station, Science. Indeed. You know, science itself is a community. It's based on the idea that uh, people want to get together and say, uh, my ideas are not my own. My truth is not my own. Anything that I can demonstrate to be true, I want to share with you so that you can demonstrate it to be true yourself. And that's what makes <laughs> science a community. And it really is part of the community here because the science that we bring you not only is national and international, but also very local as well. Colorado has its share of science and scientists and companies that do research, and we bring them in here for a first-hand look at some of the science results. And that is all made possible by you. You listening to How on Earth, you listening to KGNU, and you supporting KGNU because this is your radio station. KGNU is supported 70% by member contributions like you. Indeed, what allows KGNU to serve the community is the fact that we are not beholden to large corporate donations. We are not beholden to advertisers. Uh, we are not beholden to technical platforms of large technical mega corporations. It is just the AM and the FM waves, the digital streaming of www.kgnu.org that allows us to bring our message to you. And this is a time where we ask you to tell us a little bit about whether or not KGNU is fulfilling its mission from your point of view. We bring KGNU to you free of charge. There's no access. There's no these are your first three articles for the month, and then after that you pay. <laughs> no is, paywall. Yeah, no paywall. It is given freely. And this is the opportunity for you to decide uh, what fits in your budget, what fits in your lifestyle, what is KGNU worth to you. And the way you can do that is simply online. Go to KGNU.org or by calling 303-449-4885. But the KGNU.org is certainly the fastest and easiest way to do it. And we have a few special interview segments with a gift prize for you. So, Chip, would you like to introduce the first segment here? Sure. Up next, we're going to hear our science show team member, Shelley Schlender, interviewing James Hamblin about his just-published book, Clean, The New Science of Skin. So BuzzFeed uh, calls Hamblin uh, the most delightful MD ever, uh, and the New York Times has named this book an editor's pick. I'm Shelley Schlender. This is How on Earth. 
Today we talk with James Hamblin about his new book, Clean, The New Science of Skin. Hamlin brings two big skills to the writing of this book. Well, three. First, he's a board-certified medical doctor who teaches preventative medicine at Yale. Second, he's a real journalist. He's a staff writer with the Atlantic Monthly. He's been a guest with Bootsy Plunkett on The Light Show with Stephen Colbert. As for the third skill Hamblin brings to the writing of Clean, as a teenager, Hamblin writes that he had horrible acne. I am not alone in that. In his book, Clean, Hamlin writes that by trying to cure his acne, he learned a lot about skincare products that don't really work. I know at least some of what it's like to go down that rabbit hole of trying to do more and more and thinking that the problem is that you aren't getting your skin clean enough. There's something bacteria or oil that you're not getting off. And if you just tried harder, you would make it better. But in fact, you may be making it worse. Over time, Hamlin writes that he solved his acne problem. You can learn more about how in his new book, Clean. And you can also learn why it's been years now that Hamlin has showered with only water. No soap. No shampoo. Only water. Yeah. And, and a lot has changed in my life since I was a teenager, so I can't attribute everything to that. But I have cut back to just rinsing off occasionally. I wash my hands very meticulously. It's one of the few things that's really tied to disease prevention. But for everything else, I've come to understand that it's elective and that oftentimes I think people are making skin conditions worse or at least not helping by overwashing. You've mentioned in your book that even though you don't shower, as your microbes adapted, you really don't smell bad. People don't get shocked by how you smell. Is that really true? <laughs> I have uh, conducted my own little clinical trials here. I can attest, you know, I've had friends and colleagues, people who would absolutely love to tell me that I smell bad and they insist, no, that, that I'm okay. Skin, it's our largest organ and yet for some reason, we tend to think about it as divorced from the health and status of the rest of our bodies. You know, but that's not the case. Skin is a window into what's going on with the rest of your body. It's all, it really is clearly all tied together. There are a lot of products being sold to us, you know, quick fix topical solutions, when in fact, it can be a benefit to look at and listen to what your body is telling you through your skin. You don't have to be a health nut, but you know how much are you sleeping, how active is your lifestyle, how much stress are you under, and why, how good are your relationships. These things are really difficult to change in a one quick office visit. So I try to think of, think of ways that people can be reminded. Did you actually get a facial? Oh, yeah. Skincare is a huge industry. To many people, it's very important to them. And I wanted to earnestly venture into it. And yeah, there are luxurious things like facials that can be really pleasant experiences. It actually sounds like you have pretty good skin these days. Oh, uh, you know, it's okay. It's not unhealthy. You can reach a sort of happy medium where your skin is just fine. And you don't really smell bad. And to my eye, you look fine. 
But if you go get fancy facials and spend a ton of money and time on skincare, it's true, you can make your skin look better. It's just, is it worth it to you and why? And could that time and money and effort be potentially better allocated elsewhere? And that's not for me to answer, but that's the, the question I'm hoping to provoke. You have some very witty phrases about this in your book, such as collagen skincare products. It's like to get new tires, you put rubber in your gas tank. <laughs> yeah. The marketing can become a little predatory and people can become inclined to think that they're getting a scientific product when in fact they're not. If having a $100 meal out at a fancy restaurant is worth it to you, you, you kind of know. You've enjoyed it. You, the taste was worth it to you. The overall ambiance was worth it to you. It's harder with a, something like a skincare product if you're told it's helping your skin, but you can't see at the microscopic level what's going on. James Hamblin, you mentioned that the FDA does not really check the claims made on products for beauty care. And that started rather innocently. Products used to be just things like soap, lipstick, mascara, and things that were not ever claiming that they were doing things to decrease inflammation, to provide anti-aging effects. Frankly, right now, it's very much the Wild West. You can kind of go out and make any claim, and you're very unlikely to be held accountable. Did you ever get in trouble for your claims for your men's beauty line of soaps? No, I haven't. I, I think you're very, very safe as long as you just use buzzwords like natural, clean beauty, detoxifying, because there is no legal definition of what that is. Well, with your own Ben's product of soap, why did you do that? Well, uh, <laughs> it was just part of the whole experiential approach to writing the book. I've been told, you know, it's very easy to start your own skincare company, and so I thought, why not give it a shot? James Hamblin is the author of Clean, the New Science of Skin. We have a limited number of copies available to listeners who pledge to support the station today at a level of $88.50. Yes, that's 88.5. You can pledge online at www.kgnu.org or by calling 303-449-4885. And I should mention, even though we have these wonderful gifts that we provide to our listeners that are tied into directly the shows that we produce, it's really the relationship that we have with our listeners that really matters. We are your community radio station, your community science station, that we provide you with new cutting-edge science who may be someone who is your next-door neighbor. It's really astonishing that you have this volunteer-run station, and I feel very, very lucky to be a part of this and to be sharing my excitement of science with you and this great How on Earth team with Chip and Jill and Shelley and Susan and Beth and everyone who has their own interests and finds those people to bring you science of what's going on and explaining it to you here personally. And from my perspective, that is one thing I find so valuable about KGNU. It responds to what you want. 
Indeed. You know, a uh, community radio station is not something that you can form a template of uh, with uh, consultants and experts in Los Angeles and New York City and then spread that exact same formula uh, throughout the country and throughout the globe. A community radio station, that is something that has to grow organically in the community in which it is based. And we here along the Front Range in the Boulder Valley area are blessed with an abundance of scientific institutions, from universities to government laboratories to technical companies. And therefore, that brings a cadre of, of, of people that are enthusiastic about science. And again, science is, is a community itself. Uh, sometimes, unfortunately, science has this reputation of being inaccessible to lay people. And so we have these these volunteers that are enthusiastic about making it accessible to you. And that is what How on Earth is. Like Chip said, it's organic. It's your microbiome. Mm -hmm. It's those microbes on your skin that are valuable. And it's clean, like the book that we are just talking about. In fact, let's hear more from the author of Clean, The New Science of Skin. That's medical doctor James Hamblin. So up next, James Hamblin will talk to Shelley about why, if you try to make your skin too clean, it might make you sick. Who was it that you talked with who said, if you think of your skin as a house party and you have room for 20 people, you want to invite people you at least like to the party so that you keep party crashers out? That was Jack Gilbert. You are going to have microbes on your skin. A lot of products that are sold to us have this premise that what it means to be clean is to be absent of all microbes. We would really benefit from just getting rid of that concept. You are going to have microbes all over. You have to have something on your skin, so it might as well be the good guys. It seems like you want to mix. It seems more about diversity than about any one particular species. Although, of course, you don't want things like a coronavirus. We don't know them well enough to let them in to the party at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, they shouldn't be there at all. But there are also things like Clostridium difficile in the gut, which is found normally in many of us. And yet, when you take antibiotics and throw your gut microbiome out of whack, it can take over and become a fatal infection. It's not that you can't have one or two people at your party who you don't like very much. You just want to make sure you have plenty of others who you do so you don't have to end up talking to them too much. All of these products that people buy, one of the most startling ones you talked about was antibacterial soaps with triclosans. Triclosans are really creepy. Yeah, and that's actually no longer allowed. If you bought a soap that said kills 99.9% .9 of germs or microbes, probably had triclosan in it, and only very recently it's not allowed to be sold. It turned out not to be good. It also was just not, the soap was not more effective than other soaps at getting microbes off of your hand. From what you write in your book, if you're going to use soap, you might as well just use Plain soap. Yeah, we have not found a way to make the action of soap better. You know, that's why you're hearing these messages that you need to wash your hands for 20 seconds. You really need to, and you need to scrub them. That mechanical force is really, really important. It's like brushing your teeth. You have to put in the time and scrub.
Well, there's another area you went into, and that's mosquitoes and pesticides to keep mosquitoes from biting. You mentioned that there may be another thing going on that has to do with microbes on some people's skin that makes something called terpenes. This has been something that's fascinating people, partly because no one wants to get bitten by mosquitoes. They're annoying and they make you itch, but they're also the vector for the deadliest infectious disease in the world, malaria. And so if there's any way to help prevent people from getting bitten by mosquitoes, short of drenching yourself in toxic chemicals, then that would be great. The really interesting area of research is could we change the microbes on our skin to make ourselves emit a slightly different chemical milieu that was suddenly very unattractive or much less attractive to mosquitoes. One of the most fascinating details in your book, which is full of fascinating details, was dogs that had been trained to smell for malaria. <laughs> and one group had smelly socks with malaria in them. And, and by the way, your dog's bark was right on cue. <laughs> your dog knows. Sorry we're about talking that. about dogs now that some dogs can actually smell malaria. And they can even smell it in randomized placebo-controlled socks. They can smell it. Yeah. I thought that this was sort of a tail. A wagging dog tail. Yeah. There are scientists who are taking this very seriously, including people who are studying dogs' ability to detect coronavirus. And then the other flip side of that is something about the microbes of some people might mean that some diseases don't tend to stick to them. Yeah. Potentially. Absolutely. And what you've discovered with not showering, you like the microbes that happen to like you. <laughs> Just let them be there. Uh, yeah. I think that's an interesting way to put it, yeah. That was James Hamblin, the author of Clean, the New Science of Skin. If you like to hear information like this, hear at your non-commercial radio station. Pledge online at kgnu.org, and we have copies of that book for the first callers or pledgers who pledge $88.5. Indeed. Uh, In fact, if you choose to uh, pledge uh, your support and contribute this morning, thanks to David and Ann Rick, uh, they're matching the first $1,500 donated during the morning block that began with Democracy Now! So because we have members of our community, uh, they want to amplify uh, and enhance your efforts. So it's really a way to leverage your support. Indeed. They want to make your, they amplify your support, make your support worth more. You know, it is interesting, again, to to talk about the business model of KGNU is not about taking money from advertisers. Uh, The very term soap opera itself is based on the notion that one of the very first major advertisers in broadcast medium was laundry soap. To keep you clean. To keep you clean. (laughs) And 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 that's a good segue for our last segment here, Chip, if you'd like to introduce that. Indeed. Uh, Let's listen to a final segment uh, from Shelley's interview with James Hamblin about how truly clean depends on experience in nature and in community, even in the time of COVID-19. James Hamlin, after having all these really funny and illuminating and dazzling examples that you have in your book about clean, you end on a more philosophical note. You talk about clean water, clean air, 
And then you start talking about the outdoor schools in Finland. This seems very much to the point of COVID-19 right now, even though you didn't write this with that in mind. Yeah, I wrote the whole book before the pandemic, but ideas like that exist for a reason because we will never be without the threat of a pandemic. And people always need to find ways to have the healthy exposures that develop and train the immune system and that populate our microbiome with that ideal mix of microbes. We don't know how to do that exactly. We certainly know it does not come from a bottle or a skincare product right now. So the closest thing we have is looking at populations that seem to have low levels of allergies and autoimmune disorders. And, and they tend to be people who spend a lot of time outdoors, have a lot of contact with other people, with animals. So there are things like having outdoor schools, which might seem like a reversal of the industrialization process, but could be a worthwhile consideration. The example of Finland was fascinating because it gets cold there and they still hold outdoor school. Yeah, part of the idea of a healthy exposure is that you are not just exposed to a diverse array of people and animals and plants, but even temperatures. No one obviously wants to put someone in freezing temperatures or create heat stroke or anything like that, but many countries are taught that we need to spend 90 plus percent of our lives in climate controlled 70-ish degree habitat. We could stand to spend more time, you know, in say the 50s and might actually have some benefit to us. The 50s in terms of degrees of temperature and in places like Finland, they evidently told the kids, bundle up where every layer of clothes you have. And if you get cold during class, go run around the block. <laughs> it sounds like a tough love approach. Carefully done, people can tolerate larger degrees of temperature variation than we believe we can. I was over at CU Boulder today, which is a university that just opened back up after dealing with a major COVID spike. And there were a few classrooms being held out and a beautiful outdoors. It's not a bad place to be. Oh, that sounds good to me. Well, in fact, in your book, Clean, you talk about how much you like Central Park. Central, or actually my favorite is Prospect in Brooklyn, both built around the same time, mid-19th century, obviously a very problematic time in so many ways for the country. But at the same time, there was also an interest among people who were developing the cities to try and have a public gathering space that could bring together all classes where people could have exposure to nature, to plants, animals, their fellow citizens, because it was clearly not sustainable to just have, you know, row after row of tenement housing or apartments and not have any access to green space. So that was seen as a sort of basic fundamental need for a society and for people. And it turned out to be just a really prescient public health measure, especially now during the pandemic where people really can't go to the theaters and bars and restaurants and, and so many places, but can go meet up with everyone in the park. There's something about this intermixing that's like biodiversity of microbes. It really makes a difference. Yeah. The idea of clean being synonymous with sterility and isolation and removal it's totally at odds with the idea that it would be healthy to be exposed to the things that are in the park and to be around people and animals and plants. In the 150 years since we built these parks, there's been a movement to isolate people in high rises and to have less 
mixing of people and have the idea that that was what it means to be clean. And, you know, yeah, I think that we, we went astray. That Prospect Park was designed by a guy named Olmsted. And you talk a great deal about how fascinating that guy was. It was his son, I believe, who designed the Boulder multi-use paths that are so beloved in Boulder that people use for mixing with all walks of life and getting out and enjoying the outdoors even during a pandemic. Huh. His footprint is everywhere, all over the country. I didn't know about the Boulder involvement, but it doesn't surprise me at all. I really was touched by your talking about handshakes. It sounds like you kind of miss handshakes. I think that you wrote it was breaking physical barriers makes other barriers more permeable. It's not something that I particularly enjoyed, but now the small things like that, a handshake or a hug, even just standing close to people, it is noticeably not part of our lives anymore. And I hope we get back to a place where we can have just a little bit more contact. There are actual changes that happen in our neurochemical milieus when we have physical contact. They get into that more in the book, and it's not the same for everyone, but it's pretty clearly not good for an entire society to go around you know, being afraid to get anywhere near anyone else. I, I'm not suggesting that <laughs> we change the public health guidelines for now, but just hoping that we can um, move beyond that, you know, as quickly as possible. James Hamlin is a medical doctor, and he's a staff writer at the Atlantic Monthly. His new book is Clean, the New Science of Skin. And that book, Clean, is available for newer newing members at the price of $88.5. That's right, a token of our appreciation to you. That's all for this edition of Hell on Earth. Our executive producer is Jill Shong. This week's show was produced and engineered by Joel Parker. Additional contributions by Shelley Schlender. Our theme music was written and produced by Josh Cutler. Additional music from Raymond Scott, Kishi Bashi, and Ethan Osmond. Visit our website at howonearthradio.org to find past episodes, extended interviews, and you can subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Questions or comments, call the KGNU comment line at 303-447-9911. For How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show, I'm Joel Parker. And I'm Chip Granditz.